listeners. Welcome back to the Possibly Haunted Podcast. Podcast! For Halloween. Pump up. Well, I don't know how. This is going to be a good episode, but it may not be exciting. You'll see. You'll see. It's going to give you some good pointers on how to proceed with the Halloween evening. Ooh, that would. That's yeah. Because today. True, true. Today we are covering Halloween murders. I would normally do my woo, but I feel like it is it's very like, like somber. That's true. It's not <laughs> ghosty noises. That's why I did the boom, boom, boom. There we go. See? Mm. Yeah. Someone definitely had the Halloween theme on their cell phone in the McDonald's. So I, I heard it and I was like, is this the start of a horror movie? Do I need to run? Like, yes, always, always run. So we had a, a neat little idea for our coven corner today because we didn't really plan for one. And we reached out to our listeners on our social media to ask them, you know, what did, what do they want to know about us? What do they want to hear us talk about in the Coven Corner? And we got exactly one suggestion from our loyal listener, Jackie. Woo-hoo! Shout out to Jackie. Woo! So I think we are going to go with your favorite pantheon. Who wants to go first? I will, I will. <laughs> Go Morgan. It's not much of a guess. My pa- favorite pantheon are definitely the Norse gods, the Aesir, and the Vanir. There you go. Short, sweet answer. Done. What about you, Kat? Um, the thing is, I don't know if it's necessarily a pantheon, in quotation marks. Um, I really like the sort of Necronomicon monsters, you know, krakens and shit like that. So, and I have a skirt that is the Necronomicon skirt, um, and those are my favorite monsters. So I'm not sure what you would necessarily call that. I think those say, those are more cryptids. Well, yeah, if like, you include oh, are you talking about mythology? Cthulhu, yeah, like to some, it's not a myth. Well, okay, well, qu- quotations mythology, but yeah, like uh, deities. Oh, then. The, uh, I don't know. I guess I would... I know it's di- the thing is, I generally don't like to stick with one, um, but overall, the, the Greeks were solidly petty, um, so <laughs> I'm go with that. <laughs> like, I like the sort of stories I'm where on board like, with that. and she was like, she is too pretty, so then she cursed her with a stone face. Uh, you know, that sort of thing. Okay, okay, uh, there's, there's logic there. What about you, Carson? I low-key did not know what a pantheon was until we started this episode right now. That's okay. Um, so, yeah, I, um... It's not really a word we use that often yeah, nowadays. Yeah, I was just like, and as soon as y'all said it, I was like, that's the covered corner! Usually I could, like, on board with the, able to pull in something up uh, last minute. But yeah, I didn't know what that was until just now, so I learned something, I can say that. Um, the more you know. 
Rainbow. Yeah, but if we were going to get on board with something, I'd say uh, I'm with Kat on the Greeks just because I'm really into uh, not just Greek mythology, but Greek tragedies because philosophy, yay! Yeah, you and your um, philosophy. So, like, reading Greek <laughs> tragedies, though, we talk about, like, Greek gods and things like that, right. and so, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll have to go with that. Solid. Nice. Yeah, I mean, that's a, Greeks are... Greeks are a solid choice. This is definitely a difficult one. I mean, all questions are difficult because I don't like picking. Um, but I know more about Greek mythology and about the Celtic mythology, specifically Irish. But I don't know if I have like an actual favorite. I might lean more towards Norse just because women were a little bit more like warriors. Um, Shamans. I mean, technically, that's also in Greek mythology, and you probably could argue Irish mythology, but it's, it's just more commonly known within the Norse. Uh, mythology, so um, also Thor. Like <laughs> Greek gods, though, as speaking of like women warriors, like Athena, rocks. Anyways, that's all I'll say about that. Well, I would not have time to get into what I'm thinking right now, so like, we are going to put that. I briefly dated <laughs> the guy who wrote a poem about me once, <laughs> which is one of those like, moments. It was very sweet in theory, um, but he compared me to, I guess Diana would be Roman, right? Or was that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, like, he compared me to Diana in it, and I was like... <laughs> <laughs> now, wait, is Diana Artemis? Or... Yeah. Well, she's a goddess of the hunt. Right, yes. okay. Just want to make sure and I... There's actually kind of my a couple knowledge. of those. I don't mind. Artemis is pretty chill. And also, I read a, a comic in Webtoon called Lore, and so far I like Artemis. Not a fan of Apollo. Not telling you why. I'm just saying not a fan of Apollo. Anyways, that's enough of the Coven Corner. I'm <laughs> um, here like, but we could talk about Apollo all day long. Anyways. About everybody. You know, you know what? That'll be another episode. We'll do a Greek mythology specific episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who wants to dive in with their Halloween murder? Oh, I- um, real quick, before we get started. Murder. Murder. Um, this is a big warning here. I don't know if we're, everyone has a different topic. I'm not specifically going to go into graphic details. But this is a little bit darker. Like, we've had darker episodes before, but this is just our little warning. We might have a little, like, pet story in between to kind of get it out of the way, but... I at least chose a less graphic one this time. I don't think mine has graphic details. It's just... It's just really dark. I mean, yeah. really it's just, dark. you know, so... Murder's dark, so... You know, I mean, it is dark. murder. <laughs> but I just wanted to get that little yeah. verbal warning, if you're listening. And thank you for listening. <laughs> okay, who wants to go first? I will. Get it out of the way. Okay, so we're going to dive right into some um, very dark stuff. Uh, Content warning, child death. Um, So uh, one of the things that I remember specifically growing up, and I'm sure everyone else that had, um, we'll say, concerned parents uh, also experienced was getting your candy checked by your parents. Because there was, like, you can't eat the apples because there's razor blades in them. You have to make sure that all the candy is wrapped. Yeah, Yeah, stuff like that. And, you know, a lot of that stuff I always assumed was just parents and urban myth kind of situation. Uh, But. Mm -hmm. Except I actually think the razor blade specifically was an urban myth. Yeah. How did that happen? Well, I remember. But, like, did it happen, like, in a house or to pass it out? Pass it out. For some reason, I thought I read somewhere that that never actually happened. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? But I remember it's not like it being a like a thing. Research tainted candy. <laughs> so well, you start, I'll start off this sort of thing. So I'm going to tell a story um, that ends really sad. 
but it is kind of in that theme of candy and checking your candy. So mm-hmm. in um, so October thirty first, nineteen seventy four, Timothy O'Brien oh, Timothy O'Brien was trick or treating with his sibling and his dad. Um, so his dad's name was uh, Ronald Clark O'Brien. So Ronald was seeing his two kids around the neighborhood and after they had been going for a while they went to this one door and no one answered and so the children are like whatever next door we got a lot of candy to collect and o'brien's like i'll wait for a second to see if anyone you know uh comes to the door you guys run on so eventually he catches up with them and he produces five 21 inch pixie sticks so the big ones um that he would later uh, say was given to him by the person who was at the house. They just took a while to get to the door. Um, so later that evening, um, O'Brien gave each of his uh, neighbors two children a pixie stick um, and one to his uh, son, Timothy, and one to his daughter, Elizabeth. So when they returned home, uh, uh, as they were coming into the house, they saw a 10-year-old boy he recognized from church and he gave him the fifth pixie stick. So five pixie sticks handed out. Before bed, Timothy asked to eat some of the candy he collected. Um, and they said, basically, okay, just don't eat all of it. Um, and so he chooses a pixie stick to eat before, he, just like mainlining some sugar right before bed. So he had mm-hmm. trouble getting the powdered candy out of the straw. So his father helped him loosen the powder. After tasting the candy, Timothy complained that it tasted bitter. Um, and so O'Brien gave him son, his son, a Kool-Aid to wash away the taste. So Timothy was like, wow, after he had eaten this pixie stick, he said his stomach hurt and he ran to the bathroom and started vomiting and convulsing. Um, uh, his father claims later that he held him while he was vomiting and the child went limp in his arms. Uh, he died en route to the hospital less than an hour after consuming the candy. Uh, so basically after this horrible, horrible death, there's this huge amount of fear in the community. Um, cause this was a very safe neighborhood, uh, and no one right. wants anything like this, you know? So Norma's parents in the area, Deer Park, um, and then the surrounding area returned all their candy, um, that was, uh, acquired from their children trick or treating. They just tossed it or they gave it to the police. Um, Okay. So. Deer uh, Park is Texas, by the way. Oh, it is? Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Deer yeah, Park, Texas. Uh, Huntsville is where, uh, okay, anyway. Um, so, oh, I know where that's at. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, they did the autopsy on Timothy, and it revealed that the pixie stick he had consumed was laced with a fatal dose of potassium cyanide. Um, so... Uh, four of the five pixie sticks uh, were recovered by the authorities from the other children, uh, none of who consumed the candy because all the rest of the kids were like, no, chocolate. Um, they knew <laughs> the good candy to go after. And so mm-hmm. the parents of the fifth child, unfortunately, uh, could not locate the candy when the police called the house to inform them. They rush upstairs to find their son asleep holding the unconsumed candy in his hand. So just, like, that image just, like, makes me so panicky. Is he comes up, they come up, and they see him holding it in his hand, and they figure out it's not open. 
Okay, uh, good. I had not been able to undo the staples because you know the big ones have the staples at the top. Oh Thank yeah, God. The staples. <laughs> and so he fell asleep trying to open his candy. Um, oh, I guess that's what it. the uh, passage means. The meek will inherit the earth. Yeah, <laughs> he was weak and couldn't open it, so he didn't die. <laughs> uh, so, uh, all five had been opened with the top two inches filled with cyanide powder and were resealed with a staple. Um, however, the one that uh, was consumed by Timothy had enough cyanide in it to kill two adults. Well, the other four candies contained enough doses that would kill three to four adults. Way overkill. Yeah. Jesus. So, basically... These tiny, poor humans. When they uh, interviewed O'Brien... He said I couldn't that he couldn't remember which house he was getting the candy from, but it was kind of suspicious because apparently his uh, neighbor said that um, they had only taken their children to homes on two streets because it had been raining, so there weren't very many streets to go to in the first place. Um, mm-hmm. Then they went to all the homes that they had gone to that night, and none of them had handed out pixie sticks. So after they walked the neighborhood three times, he led them to the or home. Or none of them said they did. Yeah. <laughs> they led him to the home that uh, he claimed he got the pixie sticks. Um, he said he only saw the man's arm reaching out of the door, which he described as hairy. Super descriptive. Um, so it, they checked the home, and it was owned by a man named Courtney Melvin. Courtney Melvin wasn't even home that night until 11 p.m. Um, and 200 people confirmed confirmed that Melvin was indeed at work. So, like, airtight. <laughs> um, so, turns out, Ronald O'Brien was over $100,000 in debt and had a history of being unable to hold a job. Uh, during the 10 years preceding this, he had, like, 20 jobs. So, that's, like, two jobs a year averaging um he was uh suspected of theft at his job at uh texas state optical and was about to be fired his car was about to be repossessed he had defaulted on bank loans and the family home was about to be foreclosed on so it turns out he had taken out a life insurance policies on both of his children uh and a month before timothy's death he took out an additional 20,000 policies on the children, and so everything accumulated to being about $60,000 in the case of the death. Jeez. Um, Jeez. So, yeah. So the morning after Timothy's death, Brian called his insurance company to inquire about the policies and how to collect. Um, He also had visited a chemical supply store in Houston to buy cyanide shortly before Halloween. Uh, and he left without purchasing anything after learning the smallest amount available to purchase was five pounds. Um, so they, from all of this information, they began to suspect that he had killed his son. And um, he was arrested, and there was a trial. Um, they never figured out where he had gotten the poison, but he was arrested on November 5th, so six days after, you know, the day... Or I guess five days. Yeah. Um, he was indicted on one count of capital murder and four counts 
of attempted murder. Um, and he said he wasn't guilty. Uh, his trial began in May, early May. Um, and so, yeah, he was um, convicted. And it, uh, but he said during his defense, which is why I was talking about the candy beforehand, is that there's this decades-old urban legend about a mad poisoner who hands out Halloween candy. And so how do you know it wasn't that guy kind of stuff. And um, so, yeah. But uh, these stories have persisted despite the fact that there are no documented instances of strangers poisoning Halloween candy. Um, So the case and subsequent trial garnered national attention, and he called, he was eventually named the Candyman. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So the jury took in June, so May to June, basically a month, um, the trial went on. On June 3rd, the jury took 46 minutes to find O'Brien guilty of capital murder and four counts of attempted murder. And then 71 minutes later, they sentenced him to death. Shortly after he was convicted, his wife filed for divorce. Um, she later remarried, and her new husband adopted their daughter, Elizabeth. So, yeah, he was confined in Huntsville, Texas. Yeah, it's not too far from my stomping grounds. Yeah, so there you go. This was in the 70s. So, did we want a little light story in between at all? I Do we think... feel like we need to for that one? I mean, I... Because... I have a little bit of a, what I think is a funny story. Okay. That's short. Sure, go ahead. So we just, I was like, if we just want to end with my dark one, that's fine too. So my boss was telling me that you can go to this website and look at people's mugshots for the county. And I found um, someone from my high school that was arrested four different times for thievery, for theft. And I'm like... How many times did it take you to fail at being a thief to realize you bad at stealing, boy? Seriously. <laughs> that was that was your happy story? I thought it was funny. I knew he'd been arrested once, but four times? I couldn't believe it. And then there was one person that I did look for and they didn't they weren't they had didn't have an arrest record. I was like Good for you. You were real trashy. I would have really assumed that you'd been arrested by now. That's uplifting. That, that person they did good. That person has gotten arrested. Good so. to him. <laughs> so who wants to go next? I will. Oh, and we can lead that up with moral of the story, just in case. Make sure your candy is properly sealed, I guess, and maybe go trick-or-treating in a neighborhood that you know. Yeah, that's true. Just be safe when you're trick-or-treating. Yeah. Well, I'm just gonna be that parent who's like, I need to test my kids' candy first. <laughs> I'm just get an actual like chemical tester. Like, okay, what's going on? Oh no, I'm supposed to eat it all. Actually, story though, this is a slightly lighter uh, candy story. But there was a guy who was handing out um, like fun-sized bars, and they opened them up, and there was weed in them. Uh, he he, oh, he worked in the lost mail section um, of the post office. And they said, okay, you need to go donate this because no one's picked this up. It's just a box of candy, fun-sized bars. And he was like, it's Halloween. I could just hand these out. Turns out it was someone's attempt at getting weed through the mail. Nice. Ah, well, there you go. (laughs) I'm guessing it didn't work. 
Yeah. I'd go to their house. I mean, I'm just I feel kidding. like it don't do drugs, kids. would have worked if the person had gone and picked up the box. Um, because it was unclaimed. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I don't Maybe think that, that was will the work. Point all along. Mm-hmm. Just try to get don't some kids think high. it'll work now, because cat's out of the bag. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Carson. So, Halloween 1981 in Manhattan, Ronald Sisman and Elizabeth Platzman, I believe that's how you say that name, um, were murdered in their apartment. So basically what had happened was um, they were beaten so severely that there were no identifying markers on each of the individuals, um, and then they were shot in the head execution style. Ooh. Oh, wow. Um, so... There was no signs of forced entry, um, and Sisman was rumored to be involved with drugs at the time, so the authorities initially thought, like, maybe it has to do with, like, like drugs or something, maybe he's involved with a gang. Um, they also ran a photography company out of their house, and so they had a lot of nice equipment. Um, so the police thought, well, maybe it was broken into to, like, try to steal some of this equipment because the house was also ransacked completely, like, whoever the killer or killers were. Um, I mean, they trashed the shit out of these people's house. Um, so, those, they were, you know, trying to find the motive for the killing. What's super interesting about this case is that a few weeks prior to the murder, uh, the son of Sam Killer, who was in prison at the time, David... Berkowitz. Berkowitz, yes, um, had actually predicted that this was going to happen. So he was talking to his cellmate, and he all he told his cellmate was that um, he named the neighborhood. Uh, it's called Greenwich Village, and so he told his cellmate that there was going to be a murder of a photographer in Greenwich Village around Halloween, Greenwich. but they were going to beat them and shoot them. Greenwich? Greenwich. Greenwich. Mm, sure. I know it doesn't look like it, but Greenwich. <laughs> it's a stupid, bougie neighborhood. Bougie. <laughs> bougie. Um, so, he, yeah, he had told his cellmate that this was going to happen, and um, then, you know, later the cellmate goes in and, like, reports it and was like, hey, yo, he said this, and then it happened. Um, and that was in... Uh, Let's see. Yeah, because that was in 1981. So, in 1977, David was arrested um, for killing six people, but he is the person who said that his neighbor's dog, his neighbor was uh, Sam, but he said his neighbor's dog was named Henry, um, was possessed by the devil and was telling him to kill people. And so... Fun. Yeah. He shot and killed six people and then, like, wounded seven others, and that's what he was in prison for. But he was also... dog would say that to somebody. No, dogs love people. I feel like Bentley would be like, you know, you know that person who said I was a bad dog when we walked by? Yeah, I murdered that one. <laughs> Bentley would. Just He's special. Dog. Yeah, so he was suspected to be a part of a satanic cult. Um, and so um, the police so then started going on this route of, was this a satanic murder? Were these his people? You know, like kind of what had happened. Um, and so when they brought David in to question him, all he said that um, Sisman, which was uh, one of the people that got killed, um, owned some footage of one of the Son of Sam shootings um, that David had committed and was planning to hand it over to the authorities to avoid some other drug charges. Um, and so the satanic cult went and ransacked their house looking for that footage, Ooh. beat them to death, and then shot them. 
Jesus. And, uh, yeah. And no, no no one to this day has, uh, been able to solve the case. It's still an unsolved murder. Yikes. So I just thought it was really interesting how it tied into the the Son of Sam thing. And also, why would you be bragging about that to your Sully? Because you know your Sully is going to get anything on you to get a better deal, but whatever. Exactly. Mm. So moral of this story is if you go to prison... Human. No, he wasn't. That's how he got caught. Yeah. Don't trust people in prison? Yeah, that's the moral of the story. If, if you're going to do some more bad shit, like if you've got people on the outside doing shit for you, don't tell your cellmates. Like, keep it to yourself. He was the floppy you disk guy where he was like, hey, police, um, if I sent you a floppy disk, could you find out who I am? And they went, of course No, not. that was, I thought that was Gacy. No, what Yeah, that? Gacy was the one okay. who, like, turned himself in because he was like, if the killer were to send something saying this is, like, who they were, would you be able to figure out this is who they were? And the police were like, no, never. And then he did it. And then they went back and picked him up. You know? Like, the killer's like, I, like, told you where I am. Would you, like, come get me? And they go, uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I don't know, that was, um, I just found it interesting because it, um, A is still in salt and B tied into this other thing, and to the end of the day, uh, like, we still don't know what happened. Yeah. So we have an unsolved Because it's unsolved. A part of me wants to be like, nah, it was just a drug thing, but then how else would he have known to, like, weeks before it happened to tell his cellmate what had happened? Like, he even described the setup of the guy's apartment and everything to the police. Uh, not ever having been thing there. He just kind of guessed it, and then he was like, "Dude, <laughs> oh dang, I was right." Yeah. So interesting, interesting. Yeah. Indeed. Do you want to save yours for last? It depends. Do we want to end dark? Cause mine's dark. Yeah. Okay. Carson wants to end as dark. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, mine has a a Halloween behavioral lesson tied into it. Because on Halloween night in 1988 in the Bronx, teenagers throwing eggs at a car soon escalated to a murder of Ooh. Carl Jackson, which is very sad, actually. Yes, woof, kids. So, uh, Mr. Jackson and his girlfriend were picking up her nine-year-old son from a children's party. Uh, he had just turned 21, just like a few weeks earlier. He was a quiet young man, the son of a nurse, and a postal worker. And he usually avoided going out on Halloween, you know, not because he was too busy, but honestly, because he thought it was too dangerous, which, valid point. Uh, So these teenagers just started, like, egging his car. And, of course, he stepped out of the car to uh, confront them, and they started arguing. And Mr. Jackson, he sat back down in the passenger seat when one of the teenagers pulled out a gun and just single shot, shot him right in the head, and that's killed him. Very Jeez. fast escalation from eggs to gun. Yeah, and like, yeah. if you're gonna egg somebody's car, you should expect that someone's gonna get out and like argue with you about it. Because come on, or egg a house where you're less likely to get caught. Come on, yeah. Or don't you know egg? It's more biodegradable. No, <laughs> We're not encouraging people to break the law here. I told That's how my takes mom met time, her though. future father-in-law was she was TPing his house. I'm not saying we haven't done it. I'm just saying we should encourage it. Okay. So, yeah, Halloween eggings have, like, a really violent legacy in New York City. 
Since 1984, at least 24 people have been seriously wounded or killed in stabbings, shootings, beatings, or accidents sparked by egg-throwing confrontations around Halloween. Goodness. All 24 cases played out in roughly the same way. A group of boys hurled eggs at pedestrians, cars, or houses. The targets confronted the throwers, and violence erupted. Most of the 24 victims were teenagers or young men. The New York... The New York Police Department said it did not compile stats on the eggings, which I'm like, maybe you should. Seems like it's it's happened that many times. Um, The tally of 24 victims comes from a review of articles in the New York Times and the Daily News, the Daily New York Post, and Newsday that described Halloween egg-throwing episodes. Caught up in the thrill and anonymity of wearing costumes and masks, teenagers have long used Halloween as an excuse to wreak havoc. No duh. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween eggings have occasionally led to attacks in other parts of the country, but only in New York City has the practice left two dozen dead and wounded. Some, like Mr. Jackson, who had the audacity to confront egg throwers, have been murdered. Some who have been hit with eggs have chased the culprits and killed them. Some who have thrown eggs have died trying to get away, and these seamlessly harmless pranks of tossing an egg has been perceived as a kind of ultimate insult, the sudden splatter and mess touching off a rage in people. And this has been, like, such a serious thing. The police officers in the 104th Precinct in Queens, they, uh, they asked merchants not to sell eggs or shaving cream to minors during Halloween week and to distribute no-eggs posters to stores as part of a campaign started to try and stop the eggings. But, like, okay, don't get me wrong. Egging and all that is really bad, but is it really worth killing? No, of course it's not worth killing over. But as you have read it several times, I'm sure, that it's mostly young men that are egging people, Mm -hmm. and men escalate everything. Well, it's also interesting for the ones that end in shooting, because in New York, um, to have a license to carry is way more difficult. Like, you have to have, like, legitimate, like, reasons Well, Carson, licensed gun owners never use their gun for violence. They have no crime, okay? (laughs) Don't you know that? (laughs) No, I just mean it's surprising that they... I don't care if I'm making a statement right now. You cannot see how hard her eyes are rolling right now. Yeah, but yeah, it's interesting because uh, a lot of those people, um, I'm not a lot, I'm not making them general assumption or generalization, but are probably unlawfully owned guns. Just so I'm unsure. Yeah, in order to get a gun in New York. If it's that difficult. Yeah, it's it's more way more difficult than like in Texas where we could just... Which for me, I'm like finding, to Walmart. <laughs> finding out how to get a gun from like a back alley dealer. That sounds really hard. Because I don't know shady people. Oh, I was gonna say, not that bad. <laughs> I mean, shady I'll hook you up. <laughs> I mean, I'm good. I can just go to Walmart. <laughs> right? <laughs> so the last little bit is that this, so this boy that shot him, he was a teenager. Um, the teenager prosecuted for killing Mr. Jackson was Curtis Sterling. He was 17 when he was arrested. He served 20 years and turned 29 in June. I don't know of what year. I didn't wrote down where I got this article from. Uh, He's in a state prison in Ulster County. Every October, Mr. Sterling receives a Halloween card in the mail. The card reads, I'm glad you're still there. And it's from Carl Jackson's mother. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. 
Okay, there you go. Yeah. I mean, same. Um, go mamas. Oh, I would have done so much worse, so she's she's doing good in the moral book. Um, they had a little segment, like, about the family dealing with it, and it's, like, leaving a pair of his shoes on the stairwell because, like, he always took his shoes off there. Mm-hmm. And just, just, whoa. It was just really, obviously, it was really hard on them, but, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. On a lighter note, every time he said Mr. Jackson, I kept going to the Panic of the Disco song, Mrs. Jackson. Just. Oh, yeah, I went out to Oh, okay, okay. So, I got that information from an article written in 2010. So, okay. he turned 29 in 2010. Okay. I don't see anything about his release, so I'm going to assume he's still in jail. Hmm. Maybe. In but, yeah. So, um, moral of the story, you know, just don't egg things. The eggs are for eating or for hatching baby chickens. Or don't don't <laughs> waste them. You know, protein. <laughs> so, just don't use eggs irresponsibly on Halloween. It's fun just to dress up and go trick or treating. Even if you're a teenager, you can still go trick or treating. Or you know, or you can, or you can have a party, a little haunted house. Like there are uh-huh. fun things to do that aren't legal. And also, side note, PS, PS, PS. If you're gonna TP someone's house, don't get it wet. Don't be that dick. Also, another side note, PS, 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 PS. (laughs) Um, If you're giving out candy and a teenager comes to your door and they don't have a great costume, just candy. Give it to them. Because they're going around trick or treating and they're staying out of trouble, so don't be an asshole. I was gonna say, staying out of trouble. Yeah, so they're probably going around getting candy with their friends instead of doing things. Or they're taking, like, their little siblings. Like, they're part of it. If if they don't get one and their sibling does, the sibling might be, why aren't. Yes. They need the energy. Give it to them. (laughs) Just be nice to teenagers when they come to your door this Halloween. I agree. I don't expect any trick-or-treaters. We got all, like, mom and grandma-ish right there. (laughs) What if they're, like, rude? I love it. Okay, that's different. If they're rude, just don't be rude back. Just say, okay, the next house is over there. Go visit that person that I don't like. (laughs) I'll I'll eat some of the candy and go, much too good for children, and then close the door. (laughs) Except you probably won't because you don't eat that yeah, much candy. candy. I only give out candy Pretend. that I can eat, though. <laughs> You're going to be a person that gives out organic raisins, aren't you? I can you? eat no. sour patch with raisins, and I was like, I, wait, didn't we just talk about this? I can eat sour raisins, Swedish fish, so I've been giving those out in the office all week. Or all month. Right? No, she's Aww. she's gonna be like, I have matcha flavored Kit Kats, children, and they're gonna be like, what's that? <laughs> they're all. We don't want your weird candy. candy. At this point, they get it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. They get to that point. Okay, are we ready for darkness? Yes. yes. Okay, I keep pumping it up. It may actually not be that dark to y'all, but it's dark to me. That's <laughs> not that kind of good song. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we're all just gonna sing now. Um, this is called the Toolbox Killers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I'm just going to read what the article says, and if you don't like it, just skip ahead, and I'm, I will not be offended. Um, okay. Lawrence, uh, Bittaker, Bittaker, um, and Roy Norris were known as the Toolbox Killers because they routinely employed implements such as pliers and hammers 
in their unconsciously vicious series of kidnap, rape, torture, murders of five teenage California girls in 1979. Oh, poor Scully does not like this story. (laughs) Um, The last of these murders, that of 16-year-old Shirley Ledford, occurred after they spotted Ledford hitchhiking home from a Halloween party. Okay, real quick. Rule number one. Uber... Or get a friend, or whatever. Do not it's hitchhike. Like, I don't think they had Uber back then. I know. But they had taxis. Taxis. You have friends. Don't go out there by your night. This is a new rule. Don't do this. <laughs> not a new rule, but it's a rule for y'all. Anyways. They picked her up in a van. Again, van. Bad sign. Um, Oof. Yeah. And over the course of hours, they bound and gagged her. Smashed her elbow repeatedly with a hammer. Did very bad things oh. to her with pliers. I'm not going to say what they actually did. Um, and strangled her to death with a wire coat hanger before dumping her on a random front lawn. Ugh. Um, during the course of Leffer's murder, they tape-recorded themselves, taunting her while she screamed for mercy. Um, Norris, one of the killers, was quoted saying, and again, sorry, I know this is dark, We've all heard women scream in horror films. Still, we know that they know that no one is really screaming. Why? Simply because an actress can't produce some sounds that convince us that something vile and heinous is happening. If you've ever heard the ta- that tape, there is no possible way that you'd not begin crying and trembling. I doubt you could listen to more than a full 60 seconds of it. Ugh. Which I'm going to take their word for it because um, that's really fucked up. Yeah, I told you it was dark. I thought we were going dark. We usually do. I'm usually the lighter one, so this is a... Ironic turn. Child murder. But... I mean, it is dark, but, like, I guess because mine has, like, graphic details that I'm still leaving out, because I just mm-hmm. don't want to talk about it. Um, but they did not use those tools nicely, obviously. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of... They, like, really, really did bad things. Ugh, like, um, yeah, I, I just... Fine. I just really, yeah. It's, it's very uncomfortable. And I, I did it kind of fast, I know, because... It's okay. Thank but... You. If you're gonna drive around with a toolbox, you better damn well be on your way to fix something. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, they did get caught, though. I don't know if they're still in jail or if they died. Uh, usually yeah. when you're that kind of person, One of them you. gave the other one up for leniency. Oh, is that how it happened? Yeah. Huh. Well, well, I don't think, like, he didn't just turn him in, but when they got caught, he uh, testified against him, I think, for okay. leniency. No honor amongst thieves. No, not at all. On a uh, slightly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lighten it up before we yeah. end. I just found this thing on Facebook, and it's the most popular Halloween candy in every state. And I wanted y'all to guess what is Texas? <sighs> so I know we're switching to lighter, and that was fast. I'm sorry, um, that's just Texas. I want to guess Texas is something huge and with peanuts in it. Kit Kats. I love Kit Kats. That's my favorite. So technically. Cat is the closest. Just because she said Mr. peanuts. Goodbar. What? No. Mr. Go- Ugh. Those are disgusting. Those are good. Oh no! Wait. I'm sorry. Mr. Goodbar is disgusting. It's a payday. That's disgusting. Yes. Well, I mean, I like Mr. Goodbar is good. Payday is disgusting. So okay. Texas. But I'm allergic to peanuts. So why would I want a peanut bar with caramel? <laughs> Texas is Reese's. Reese's. Oh, okay. Maybe yeah. Reese's okay. Good. So let's is guess. This, anybody have candy corn as their? Yes, actually, a couple people. Really. Yeah, um... Georgia, one of them. New Mexico. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. I mean, sure I like that. candy corn, I but don't. I like pure sugar. That is not Georgia's. So, New Mexico and Rhode Island... Oh, great. Um, have... 
And Nevada, well, they're candy corn people. Of course, New Mexico, they can only afford trash candy. <laughs> and um, Minnesota, yep, she just she went there. Okay, it's a Texas rule to rag on New Mexico. <laughs> See, I thought we were against Oklahoma. I New Mexico is like a whole other. Well, that too. We're against anybody bordering us. Yeah, that's what <laughs> too. We're um, big. You're okay with South Carolina, but like Alabama and Florida, sometimes Tennessee. I mean. You, we've talked about it before. Florida's the Oklahoma of, <laughs> of Georgia. Okay, so anyone want to take a guess at Georgia's candy? You can gamble in Oklahoma. Well, I mean... Uh, Georgia's candy. Okay, uh, I'm going to tell you now. No one likes. Not peaches. That <laughs> was nothing peach-related. Peach-flavored chocolate. <laughs> Three Musketeers. Okay, I'll, I'll give you a hint. Not chocolate. Not chocolate. Twizzlers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jolly Ranchers. Jolly Ranchers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're okay, but... Was that seriousness or sarcasm? Because I I can't tell. I like Jolly Ranchers. I specifically like the red ones. Me too. That's good, though. Okay, we'll do one more. What state do y'all want to know? California. I was just thinking that. Hey, guess California. (laughs) Kale. Some... Something organic. Like organic. No, it's, 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 no, chocolate it's, or not chocolate? Here's a hint. Not chocolate and it's not anything bougie. Okay. Skittles. It's not chocolate. Uh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go back to say Twizzlers. Do people really not eat chocolate things? I mean, yeah. What's a not chocolate candy? I don't really, I only buy Swedish chocolate. Swedish fish. That's true. Gummy bears. I'm gonna say gummy bears. It's oh. Skittles. It's Skittles. I said Skittles. I said it. I know her. I know, Kat, I know. I, when you said it, I tried really hard not to smile. <laughs> Skittles are good. I definitely ate a bag of Skittles at our concert. And this could all be I like BS, but it was a fun little thing to do at the end, yeah. kind of lighten things back yeah, up. Yeah, no, that's good. Does anybody have any Halloween plans? Because I know it's a Wednesday night. I'm driving to San Antonio for that's... the American Musicological Society Conference. Be yes. safe on the road, please. Oh, I will. Plus, also, they're going to have, like, all these uh, Dia de los Muertos festivals happening in San Antonio, and I'm so Ooh. freaking ready. Riverwalk, I'm ready to go. Oh, and, of course, the conference, you know. Nellie and I already uh, went trick-or-treating for her, um, which wandered us up walking about eight miles, and her eating a lot of treats um, and making a lot of new friends, and... She also bullied a Burmese mountain dog out of a water bowl at one point. You know. (laughs) (laughs) She's like a 20-pound quirky mix, and she's like, "Uh uh-uh, this is my water bowl to this giant fuzzy dog. (laughs) I can see it. I am going to walk around with my neighbor's kiddos, and then I'm also going to take my dog. Shout out to our friend Tip Holmes is doing pick or treat, and so I'm going to take my dog there because I want to get a picture of my dog uh, and a little her little Halloween. We're actually just too. Maybe we'll see you there because I'm getting Bentley a pair of bat wings, and we're going to go get our picture taken together because I'm going to go dress as a witch. Okay, real quick, if we have any Halloween pictures with our pets. I want them sent to me. Of course. Because we need to, sh- we need to sh- share it with our followers. Yeah, Scout's going to be a pumpkin. And if you're in the Lubbock area and you are actually listening to this on time, stop by Tiff Holmes. Um, I'm going to post it on our socials. For sure, uh, yes. Share it. Um, because she's doing a really cool thing with uh, pet photos. and yeah. uh, Or children's cash, photos. Or children's kids, photos, yeah. that's right. Yeah, she's like welcoming anybody. And, and they're they're really cheap. No kids help her. Good photos. Adults, kids... Pets. It's all covered. 
Yes. And probably, it's probably ghosts, too, but I, you know, I don't know how many people are going to be knocking on your door for that, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yeah, shout out to Tiff, because she is amazing. Yeah. I can't wait for that. That's going to be super yeah, cute. He's going to be a cute little really bat and, and witch. I would say Bentley and Scout could get a picture together, but they don't really like each other, so... No, Bentley loves Bentley Scout. Bentley loves Scout. Scout needs a little less energy from Bentley. My yeah. dog's <laughs> kind of a jerk. No. She just... She's not a she high-energy dog bubble. like that. And she doesn't want anyone in her bubble unless it's me. That's okay. <laughs> Bentley is friendly until the other dog, you know, wants attention from me. And then it's like, how dare you touch my mom? So I wish that Bentley lived closer. Because she just wants a friend. No. <laughs> well, we got some good lessons out of today's episode about how to have a nice, safe Halloween. Be cautious. Don't be a dick. Don't be a killer, you know. <laughs> you don't don't trust your cellmates. <laughs> if you feel the urge to kill, you know, may- maybe go talk to uh, the police or a counselor. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Therapists. They're yeah. fun. That's, what the, well, that's one of the reasons they're there. Just uh, don't act on it. <laughs> figure out, figure <laughs> out where these feelings are There's nothing else to say to that. It's just no. like, yeah. So this Halloween, just remember that you could be poisoned by pixie sticks murdered for egging people, murdered for just being in your home, and kidnapped. But you could also still be possibly haunted! 